This podcast contains heavy-hearted discussions of depression, anxiety, suicide, and other factors that can be triggering. It does not contain any official medical advice, so do your own research. In this episode, I talk to Nick Lee, who is a physiotherapist. As you can imagine, when you have a snowboarding accident or any kind of accident that leads up to a traumatic brain injury, that shit hurts. (laughs) I distinctly remember the physical pain that I felt after my accident, the tension in my neck and shoulders and back caused a lot of headaches for me and a lot of other physical pain. And without the understanding of the body and all of its intricacies, because it is extremely complicated, I was not able to fully understand where my symptoms were coming from, and therefore it was difficult to manage them. Without that understanding of your pain and what you're feeling, and that, you know, This pain that you're feeling in your neck is really connected to your hip or something like that. Without that understanding of how that body works, it's hard to manage your pain and your symptoms. And that is why I call Nick to ask him how we can fully understand where our symptoms are coming from so that we can better manage it ourselves and what to expect from physiotherapists when we have concussions. Hi, Nick. Hi, Amy. How's it going? Nick Lee is a physiotherapist operating out of Toronto, Canada. He sees patients with sustained neurological and orthopedic issues that range from moderate to severe concussions, people with strokes, spinal injuries, and more. I think people think a concussion is, okay, I've hit my head and I lost consciousness and then I woke up and then I have all these symptoms. Concussion, actually, you don't need to hit your head in order to sustain a concussion. Even if someone bumped you in the body and your head moved around side to side, that shearing and twisting of the brain inside the skull can create changes within the nerve cells and the brain cells and the chemical balance that that is in the brain. And that's what leads to the symptoms that you can feel. But some of the most common symptoms that people feel is dizziness, They might feel headaches, they get nauseous, they're really tired all the time, they can be depressed, they can be anxious, they can get really sensitive to noise and light, they feel woozy all the time, like they're off balance, they can get some poor sleep, so they're not sleeping well, or maybe they're sleeping too much, they have neck pain and back pain like we talked about, but also sometimes they can have vision issues or cognitive issues where it's If they're reading, they're having a really hard time, and then all of a sudden they get a headache. Or maybe they're chatting with someone, but they can only chat for five minutes before their symptoms come up. Or maybe they're exercising, and all of a sudden they get a cold sweat, or they um, get dizzy, and then they have to stop. Those are very, very common symptoms that we see for someone who's sustained a concussion. And the biggest thing is for someone who's had a concussion, we call it concussion if it lasts anything from day one to three months. And once it's beyond three months of recovery, that's what we call post-concussion syndrome. 
<laughs> you are reading out these lists of things and I'm just like, yes, yes, me, <laughs> me, me. I've got it all. <laughs> mm-hmm. And absolutely relate to all of that. Yeah. So when I had my accident, I didn't realize that physiotherapists could specialize in neuro and in concussions and head trauma. If I go to a physiotherapist for a concussion injury that I have, what can I expect from the rehab? Mm-hmm. So a lot of concussion rehab, we typically ask and see what your symptoms are and what's been going on. We also want to make sure that if you did sustain a concussion, that you did get a diagnosis from your family doctor because physiotherapists aren't allowed to diagnose a concussion, but we can identify these symptoms and make sure that you do get the diagnosis so that you can get the appropriate treatment. The most important thing that happens is we make sure that when you are getting your assessment is that we listen and hear all the symptoms that you're having. We do the objective assessment, making sure that what we see is what you're um, experiencing because some things will line up and some things won't. And if things don't line up and that's when we start helping kind of send out different referrals So that might be a vision doctor, that might be an occupational therapist, that might be referring you back to your family doctor to make sure you're on the right medications. There might be particular specialty appointments that you might go to that might be, for example, getting Botox for certain muscles around the head and the neck. There's also maybe nutritionists or dietitians that you see so that that they can help provide supplements or additional kind of dietary recommendations to make sure that it's promoting better brain health. So there's, those are some things that you might encounter during your physio assessment and treatment. It is normal to have flare-ups of symptoms. It's more so how you control it better and make sure that if you do get flare-ups, that they're actually less and less in terms of their intensity and the frequency. Yeah, I wish that I, if I could go back to my recovery, there are times where I can specifically remember pushing myself physically, like sports, whatever. <laughs> and being really ill and be like you probably should have not but I can't help it I really just got to keep keep going <laughs> and I wish I mean in hindsight I wish that I had taken more of a break and give myself more of that time and space to heal physically because it's so important for that to not prolong and yeah. it took me so long <laughs> to heal yeah. and I think the biggest part of you know just recovery from an injury itself is it's actually psychologically draining in a way mm-hmm. it takes a lot of energy for you to make space to make sure that you're getting the right amount of rest the right amount of time to make sure you're doing particular exercises if you are feeling different symptoms like feeling depressed or anxious and it's really not allowing you to kind of take control of particular aspects of your rehab maybe seeing a psychotherapist or a counselor they can really help with the emotional regulation part Mm -hmm. of the concussion rehab process because many people will feel sad or feel down because their identity of what they used to do before the concussion versus after concussion has Mm -hmm. significantly changed. They used to have their friends every single week. They used to go hang out with them. They used to go to the bar every single week, but they can't do those routine things. And I think that also gets individuals kind of stuck on my life used to be there, yeah. but it's not there anymore. But how do you get back? It's, it's yep, a tough that one. is a very, it is a reoccurring theme for sure. And I think one of the common themes that I felt with my 
rehabilitation from my concussion was frustration, not healing fast Mm -hmm. enough, not doing it enough, not being able to do the exercises, not whatever it was being just frustrated because I can't do things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people have a hard time slowing down. (laughs) Yeah, that's me for sure. Well, I'm triggered, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) And I think the thing is, um, you know, for if you're a student, for example, you've got full time studies. If you're a student with Mm -hmm. probably working multiple jobs to make sure you're getting your finances under control you might be working a full-time job and you're in your 40s or you're in your 60s and you've got all this high stress going on Um, one thing that many people um, don't talk about from their concussion recovery is that even though you're getting some of these symptoms and you're trying to manage it from uh, a physical symptom sometimes the symptoms are actually not um, easily controlled through the physical perspective, meaning it's not just to massage a muscle and your headaches get better. Uh, sometimes your body has in, has gone into a heightened state where the nervous system used to be able to regulate your body and the stress that it used to encounter really easily. And then after an injury, your body experiences these symptoms at a lowered peak. So that, for example, if someone used to push you and you would move over and you're like, oh, nothing had happened. But now if someone pushed you and your head sensitive to uh, motion, um, your nervous system now says, oh, that's dangerous to you. Now your symptoms flare up. So from a nervous system perspective, it's really important to get uh, the nervous system more regulated. And again, what we call desensitizing the nervous system so that anything that can be an insult to the body or um, the, the things that you experience are actually you're less sensitive to getting an exacerbation. And that's usually what we also kind of pair in with your concussion rehab. And typically mindfulness or meditation is one way to really reduce and desensitize the nervous system so that any physical symptoms, cognitive Mm -hmm. symptoms, you can manage better. Also feel like you're more in control. Can you clarify with me how a physio can actually help a concussion patient? Because I think there's a common misconception and something that I didn't think of at the time when I had my accident is that physios can only help me with the physical pain that I experience. Um, And especially when we talk about these things like going to the initial appointment and you have an hour to describe all of your problems. What should I be telling my physio? What is important? Um, And what can I, is there anything that I can leave out? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing about coming in for an assessment is that you can literally say anything that's on your mind, whether that be stress, whether that be um, the pain that you're feeling that's physical, whether it be symptoms that are not physical, but still bothering you because if you only report the physical symptoms you're not actually capturing your symptoms fully uh and it's not that physiotherapists can only help with the physical aspect there's a lot that we can do as physiotherapists to guide your rehab um so for example if you're feeling stressed it's good that you're telling us because we can understand okay if you're stressed what can we give you to make sure you're less stressed 
during your rehab process. Um, if you're having issues with reading, we're going to refer you to um, a uh, occupational therapist to make sure that they work on the cognitive aspects of your rehab. Because again, like we chatted about, um, if you're having issues with reading and it is the information processing part of your brain that is not understanding what to do, it needs to be reintroduced slowly in terms of reading. Um, if you're having uh, vestibular symptoms, meaning issues with the inner ear, with your balance and uh, the connection between your eyes and your uh, balance system, that's going to have a, or that's going to give you a really hard time reading sometimes. Um, sometimes you're going to feel like um, you're having a difficult time exercising. And if you're trying to do a run, but all of a sudden you're having um, all these symptoms, it likely could be that you're, ex you're, you're having something called exercise intolerance, meaning your heart rate, you know, if, if for example, you and I were in our 20s, um, our heart rate should be able to get to about 170, 180, 190 uh, beats per minute. But at all of a sudden, you're going for a light jog and your heart rate's only at 120 and all of a sudden you get all these symptoms. It means that you haven't been able to increase your heart rate to the point of not giving you symptoms. And that's what we can work on from a mm -hmm. physical perspective. Uh, but also, the biggest part of concussion recovery is also education. If you don't understand what's going on or don't understand what exercises you're doing that's going to help you, then the recovery process can be longer. Um, and typically, I very much recommend clients to take their recovery into their own hands. And if you're a passive receiver of treatment, for example, if you come in and you expect a hands-on massage for an hour, that might not be the best way to in see improvements in terms of your symptoms, because sometimes it's not physical in terms of the discomfort. It, it, it really could be a cognitive component. It really could be um, a vestibular component that we don't have to have our hands on you to do an exercise. We supervise you to do that exercise to make sure you're doing it correctly and um, enough times to make sure you're getting the benefit to see the results. Yeah. So those are some things that, uh, you know, I, I keep in mind. It's making sure that the person at least leaves with good information to manage the symptoms for a few days or a week, and then they come back and see you the next week. And we're gradually improving and progressing their homework or homework or exercise program to make sure that they see the yeah. benefits. In, in an ideal world, when a patient comes to you, how do they describe to you what they're feeling? Because one of the things that I struggled with the most, I think, is when I went in, I would just be like, pain here, pain here, everywhere, pain. And it that's not I mean, you can make your own interpretations from that, but that's not exactly entirely helpful. So how can we best describe what we're feeling in a way that's helpful for you? Yeah, yeah. I I think I'm mindful of how people can interpret pain. So if someone just feels pain, I know that's the first, the primary concern I need to deal with. And once the pain has reduced, I think you'll be able to better understand your own body and symptoms and describe it better down the road. But the physiotherapist that you see can typically help probe a little more to understand what pain is. Is it sharp pain? Is it shooting pain? Is it burning pain? Is it aching pain? Um, is it discomfort? Um, is it wooziness? Is it dizziness? Um, different 
descriptions of pain can help us understand uh, what type of pain it is and where it might be coming from. And that can be really helpful so that we can help guide the treatment better. But sometimes people who feel a high level of pain, we, we make sure we manage that better. And then we continue asking, what other symptoms are you feeling? Um, and I know pain is a very subjective mm-hmm. experience and it's hard to kind of verbalize it sometimes. But even if you describe it in terms of when you're doing something and that pain comes on, that's also a good indicator because we know, is it positional? Is it when you're sitting a lot, you get pain? Or is it when you're doing an exercise, you get pain? But if you're not understanding your pain enough yourself, then I'd recommend maybe writing it in a mm-hmm. diary or logging your symptom. You're writing down at this time I got the symptom. Uh, it was this intensity from zero to 10, zero being no discomfort, 10 being the most intense it was. And how often you're getting it throughout the day. And then that way throughout the week, you can really see what the frequency and the intensity of the symptoms were so that you can better understand, is there a pattern to it so that you can help guide treatment better? That's typically what I, I like. To yeah. Do as well. And I think the way that pain with concussion shows up in the physical body, particularly is so interesting. And just like the way that the body works in general is because like, I can, I remember so many times I'll be like, there is neck pain. Like I have pain in the side of my neck and they'll be like, great hip issue. I'm like, what? (laughs) Um, So like so much is connected. So many, there was, and with the concussions and especially when you get in accidents, um, there is so many parts of the body that are connected that if one thing is out, then another part of your body is out. You have to work on this to find the source of this, whatever. (laughs) So how do you identify people's source of pain? Right, right. I think a lot of it is we listen to what you're reporting. For example, it's I was reading and all of a sudden I just had to speed up because I had to go run for my class uh, and I started to speed. I, I, I had to read really, really quickly and then your symptoms came on. Or it's I was driving and then I was just turning my head side to side, scanning, looking for something and pointing there. And I was just kind of turning my head and then my symptoms came on uh, for or it could be I was going for a jog and all of a sudden um, I got this intense headache that wouldn't go away for three hours. Um, these are giving us the situations in which you get your symptoms and that tells us where it might be coming from. Um, if I don't get a very good subjective or kind of report from you, um, then I just keep asking questions until I get a better understanding of where the symptoms are so that we know that the treatments that we do can help. Um, And that's why we always make sure that you're telling us almost everything that's on the top of your head that you know in that moment. And then we do your your objective assessment to make sure that um, what you are reporting is in line with what we're seeing and then the treatments can be effective. But if you report something and then we check it and then it doesn't reproduce that symptom, we might not mm, be in the right mm-hmm. path. And so, and so for, for you, for example, from your previous experience of getting a concussion, even though you didn't hit your head, even though you didn't lose consciousness, but you're getting a lot of neck pain. We wanna improve the neck pain by improving the neck strength and the stability of your neck so that the potential of just moving your head does not give you increased pain and that it's strong enough to endure any sort of impact that you might get from moving in the car, someone bumping into you, or even just you moving your chair 
um, because some people can be sensitive to those feelings right after getting a, a concussion. So we just, again, try to really understand where the source of the symptoms are. And if we can't figure it out, we make sure that you follow up with your family doctor again, or they refer you to a neurologist to make sure you're getting the appropriate scans. And sometimes it's maybe not a neurologist, maybe it's uh, an ear, nose, throat doctor, because you are having vestibular issues with the inner ear. Um, maybe you are having some sort of um, issues around the neck that is beyond a physio's uh, kind of scope of practice. And maybe you see a physiatrist, which is a rehab doctor, and they sometimes can prescribe Botox injections for those particular muscles in the neck that give you those symptoms. And sometimes that re really just works wonders for um, the clients who are having these long-term issues that a physio can help continue managing, but does require an additional specialist to make sure that they're targeting every single aspect that they might mm -hmm. be getting symptoms. Yeah, I like what you say also about writing it down because I think particularly for people with concussions and and head trauma, uh, it, it was so hard for me to remember things. <laughs> so I would go to these physiotherapy <laughs> sessions or these sessions with uh, practitioners of various kinds and then I'd be like, okay, great. Uh, what did I do again this week? When did I have that pain again? What was I doing? I don't know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And memory or cognitive issues is a mm -hmm. symptom of concussion. And that's why um, we do encourage writing the symptoms down. That's why when you do do particular cognitive exercises that it does involve short and long-term memory. And that's more of the scope of a occupational therapist and they'll definitely have the tools mm -hmm. to address that. But if you are having those issues, you do wanna make sure you're seeing the appropriate people to make sure that you are getting those improvements and that it's not just something that you're sweeping under the rug or living with and not trying to improve. Because if you used to not have memory issues because you know, you're just going through your daily work and all of a sudden you have memory issues after a concussion that's something that you should be concerned about but also seeking the right um, and appropriate treatment when people are choosing a physiotherapist and i ask this because i didn't know for so long that there were physiotherapists that specialize in these kind of things do you have any recommendations for how people choose a physiotherapist mm -hmm. that's actually a tough one because I think it's difficult for physios to particularly advertise that they're concussion specialists mm -hmm. but usually there are specific concussion clinics or clinics that are specializing in treating concussion so there's different clinics that are called I believe it's complete concussion management okay. clinics where therapists have gone through additional concussion training outside of physiotherapy school. Mm -hmm. Do you need to see a physiotherapist on a repeated basis in order to see the benefits? Or would you say like people who can afford to go once or twice will still be able to reap the benefits of physiotherapy? Mm -hmm. I think it really is different for different conditions. Most of the time when you see a physio, you do get the assessment in the beginning. Typically, there is some treatment that goes along with it, but because the assessment takes usually a full hour, there isn't much time for treatment. And so typically, there are multiple sessions that come along with the assessment. So it could be a treatment plan of eight weeks, maybe it's twice a week, and you're following the instructions and guidelines of the physio. Some people have 
again, like we discussed, the financial restrictions. So maybe it's once a week and they continue to do exercises and follow the guidelines that we prepare. But usually we do recommend that you continuously follow up with the physiotherapist to make sure that your symptoms and what has been going on is managed well. And I think that really varies depending on where you sustain the injury. Some people have the finances to pay out of pocket, which is very fortunate. And there are some other individuals where they don't have as much financial stability and they may require a few sessions and then they take the information that they've learned and apply it. And then they come back maybe a few months later to make sure that they're on the right track in terms of their recovery. And in Ontario, they have different categories of injuries. And I think in BC, it's a little different. BC, they call that a standard and a non-standard injury. So standard injury could be just whiplash. But if they know it's a long-term issue and it could potentially lead to a long-term disability, call it non-standard. So in Ontario, they have a minor injury guideline. So it means that you're likely going to improve within the next eight to 12 weeks. And then there's something called non-catastrophic, which is the next category, which they have a particular amount of funding and they can use that funding. And typically it will go beyond the eight to 12 weeks. And then there's also the catastrophic funding, which is a larger amount of money that they get to use towards their rehab. So whether that be a physiotherapist, chiropractor, case manager, because there's a lot of appointments that go on that maybe need someone to kind of take the lead on. They see occupational therapists, they see specialists and different doctors to make sure that they get the best care. You can find Nick on Instagram at It's Physio Nick. If you like this episode of the podcast, the best way to support the show is by sharing it with other people who have had concussions or anyone who you think would benefit from hearing these episodes. This podcast was hosted and produced by me, Amy Tom. Tune in wherever you listen to podcasts every other Monday in 2023 and help me meet my goal to raise $15,000 for Brain Injury Canada.